Hello, this is Sunday Starter. I'm Andy Mangum. This podcast is devoted to giving people a head start on the biblical text assigned to a particular uh, Sunday in the lectionary and trying to do so in a way that's non-chatty will fit within a normal commute so that we can redeem the time for the commutes are evil. We're looking today at the second Sunday of Eastertide Year C, and we've been working through a series that I'm calling uh, the Expanding the Circle or Expanding God's Circle uh, from Acts chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. And I would say as a, a theological preface that I don't believe that God's love is getting bigger. Uh, I believe God's love has always been uh, as big as all of God's creation and bigger. Uh, but our understanding of God's love expands, and that um, understanding is certainly, uh, that expanding circle of understanding of God's love uh, is certainly reflective in the book of Acts, and that's why I would want to use this as our uh, biblical focus for a series following uh, Easter on, in the year C. Uh, so just some, some overview kinds of uh, observations uh, the book of Acts, uh, geography is important. Uh, the, the gospel writer Luke writes the book of Acts as part two of uh, the book of Luke, and the geography is important in both contexts. In the book of Acts, Acts begins in Jerusalem. They have gathered there. Uh, they experience the risen Christ. He ascends into heaven, uh, and from there they, they launch their witness the book of Acts uh, includes that, uh, what many regard, including myself, the thesis statement of the book of Acts, which is Acts 1-8, where Jesus said to, to his uh, apostles, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so there is this uh, expanding circle of knowledge of God's love. And that's also reflective of the characters that are involved here. Uh, of the, the, the 12 that are named and, and talked about in the Gospel of Luke, really only four of them have much of a, a significant role in the book of Acts. That would be Peter, John, James, and Philip. They uh, have stories told about them, Peter being the most prominent of the original 12, but that, that there are also other characters who get included in the book of Acts that haven't been included before or uh, since. Uh, people like uh, Stephen and Barnabas, Paul, Silas, Timothy, Prisca, and Aquila. And so it's the sense that God's story is expanding, including new people. And, um, and, and of course, some people maybe get forgotten along the way, but, um, but that's part of that story. So as I'm crafting that uh, understanding of the book of Acts, uh, that it is this God's expanding circle of understanding. I, I want to be clear, there are other major themes in the book of Acts that should be acknowledged, like the work of the Holy Spirit and bearing witness, which is a, a constant uh, recurrence in this book, and the conversion experience, uh, not just uh, Paul's uh, famous conversion, but, but the conversion of many uh, communities and uh, individual persons that it's emphasized in this book. But my focus of this series would be the movement of the gospel and the formation of Christian community across boundaries previously understood as impenetrable. So to look at the specific uh, text that we uh, are looking at this morning, uh, or today rather, um, you can tell I think in Sunday morning uh, context, though that may not be when you worship, um, that uh, I would, uh, would want to provide some context to uh, the scripture that we're focused on today. 
Uh, Acts chapter 1, of course, begins with the appearance of uh, Jesus to the disciples and uh, Jesus' command to them that they would serve as witnesses. Um, In Acts chapter 2, we have the Pentecost account where Peter stands before uh, the the crowd that has gathered in Jerusalem, preaches the gospel, and 3,000 people are added to the church that day. And the formation of the early church is found there in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 3, the disciples and of Jesus and the authorities at the temple are in conflict with one another. Uh, Acts 3 narrates, among other things, a series of conflicts between Peter, the disciples, and the authorities at the the temple. That'd be Peter and the disciples and uh, the authorities at the temple. At the temple, they encountered a man who could not walk, asked for financial support from others, and Peter said to him, I like the way the King James Version says that, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Stand and walk. There is a lengthy sermon that follows. Peter uh, emphasizes that it was not his own strength, but on the basis of Christ that the man regained his strength to walk. And then there is a portion of the sermon that I tend to avoid because I live in the 21st century and want to avoid blaming other religions uh, and disrupt the uneasy harmony that we have often have in our pluralistic culture. Uh, But Peter said to the people gathered at the temple, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. He spoke here of the death of Christ, which Peter also identifies as the fulfillment of prophecy. But still, there's this unavoidable question. Is Peter blaming uh, the rulers? Is he blaming the people there in Jerusalem for the death of Jesus? And I would want to quickly say in the midst of that, that I think we have to be very cautious about this. An, An inordinate amount of pain and damage and suffering has been caused by Christians who um, blamed the Jews based on biblical texts uh, in the New Testament, blamed the Jews for the death of Jesus, and then sought to uh, justify their own aggression toward Jews on the basis of that blame. I think there's better, healthier ways for us to talk about that. Acts chapter 4, Peter is uh, arrested, uh, and also there is included a speech. At the beginning of 4, Luke tells us that people came from the temple security and arrested Peter and the other disciples, and then religious rulers gathered together and interrogated them. Uh, in the speech Peter delivered to the jury that day, he said, among other things, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a man who could no longer walk, let it be known that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you. So there's uh, now at least three examples, there are more, in the first five chapters of Acts of Peter placing the death of Jesus at the feet of the, uh, the people there in Jerusalem. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, what's going to come in chapter 5, I think we need to hear through those words that this is something that, that Peter has reiterated multiple times. So these religious leaders uh, warn Peter and John and the other disciples not to speak about Jesus anymore. The rest of chapter 4 and the first part of chapter 5 describes the formation of the early church and their sharing together the resources God had entrusted to them. And along those lines, there is the insertion of the story of Ananias and Sapphira, um, kind of a difficult uh, story, won't get into that. But the first five chapters of Acts move uh, between Peter's speeches and sermons about the gospel and the meaning of Jesus' event and the description of the community of faith. So we think about that in the following story of uh, the seven and Stephen who um, take care of the the feeding of of the people. So 
uh, when we look at the actual text before us, uh, we would say that the, the whole episode really is bigger than the pericope that's given to us by the lectionary. The whole episode, I would contend, uh, starts in verse 17 and extends all the way to verse 40. Uh, so, so again, we have to ask this question, how do we deal with the potential anti-Semitism that comes up in texts like this? I think one of the things we want to say is contextualize. Um, always be willing to say to um, to to congregations uh, that 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 Christianity formed uh, first as a movement within Judaism, and that when we listen in on the New Testament, really what we're hearing is an internal argument about the meaning of Christ and what it means to be the people of God, uh, as understood as descendants of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. Uh, that's not always the case when we deal with Luke, uh, because I believe Luke did indeed write the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, and I think he was a Gentile, and so we're kind of more identified with him. I think that maybe when we look at things in the Gospel of John, which can be very inflammatory, um, but but John, I would understand as uh, someone within Judaism speaking to. Uh, his own rather than uh, speaking from the outside. But I think we contextualize. I think we have to do the biblical work to help people understand the difference between um, the, the residents of Ju- uh, Judea uh, and in Jesus' day and contemporary Judaism. Uh, another thing to consider would be language. There may be other ways to refer to uh, the people that Jesus encountered, like saying the religious leaders of his day or um, uh, the, 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 the residents of Jerusalem. Uh, there may be ways to use language differently so that we, we don't uh, make the, the false connection between what's being narrated in the New Testament and the way contemporary Jews live and move uh, and, and are in relationship to us. And then the thir- third thing, though, I would say is we learn to identify. Uh, it, when I hear Sanhedrin, uh, I, I actually don't think about those people out there. I think about uh, committees that I'm on, places that I'm in, spaces where I'm empowered and assume a role of judgment. And, and I feel um, that that's, that's something that should be included in there, uh, that we identify, especially those who will show up the Sunday after Easter. Uh, they're, they're usually your hardcore members. And so um, learning to see themselves as a form of, uh, uh, of a Sanhedrin uh, may be important to them to hear uh, the good news that is proclaimed there. So the disciples are arrested and imprisoned again. They didn't take the warning to stop preaching, and so uh, they get arrested. Um, they have a miraculous release in five nineteen through 21. Um, the, the doors are miraculously opened, and they walk out. And then in um, uh, 21 through 26, there is the search. You could make Keystone Cop references, perhaps, uh, but there's a search by the captain of the temple police, the discovery of the apostles preaching in the temple, and then there is um, uh, the episode that we'll look at here in greater detail, uh, 5:32 through through um, uh, excuse me, 5:27 um, through 32 uh, is the uh, you know, interrogation and the speech, very short speech by Peter. 
and and then uh, there's deliberation 533 through 40 there's deliberation Gamaliel is involved Gamaliel uh, says rather famously if this is from God there's no way you can stop it and if it's not it'll play itself out in due time uh, that's not exactly the words he says but essentially what he says and and so uh, there the temperature lowers uh, in the Sanhedrin they're not as uh, hot they're not as ready to kill them uh, and they give them space to 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 see who uh, who they are on the basis of Gamaliel's uh, words of wisdom uh, to them that there are some consequences um, there's some uh, there's some punishment involved and and then um, a warning that they should stop proclaiming the name of Jesus there are some themes in this text that that I think uh, would want to name in in uh, in worship literature it might help us to think about the hymns that we would choose or discussion questions we might have in a Sunday school class if we were going to build this. Um, the place where I would want to spend most of my time is on uh, this uh, understanding of the priest. The priest says to Peter, um, you're trying to pin this man's blood on us. And, um, and, and I think, you know, like I said, we, we went through these texts. We looked at some of the examples. I think it's fair to say that Peter has, uh, has earned that, that charge, that he has, in fact, done some things that uh, lead us to, to say, yeah, he's, he's working at uh, pitting this on uh, certain people. But then I think we would also want to give Peter some credit that this is a space where Peter has um, uh, offered forgiveness and repentance, not for himself, not on the basis of his own capacity to forgive them, but the forgiveness of God and the repentance of God. So the, the high priest operates in a world dominated by blame, and Peter offers a world where forgiveness is real and repentance is possible. And you think about what Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, uh, I believe it's recorded in chapter 6, where Jesus said, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. So perhaps uh, Peter's desire or Peter's commitment to encouraging the people who are putting him on trial here to repent and to receive forgiveness is born out of that sense of Jesus' teachings that we ought not hold a grudge, we shouldn't uh, withhold forgiveness, but rather we should, uh, in all things, seek to help people grow closer in their relationship to Christ. And I think that's where I would operate, right? The, the difference between blame and a world that is about pending, pinning blame on people versus a world where uh, forgiveness is real and repentance is possible. Uh, the text also emphasizes the role of Peter and the community of the apostles in bearing witness. So I think it's important uh, to note that the way Luke narrates this, uh, he says that the Peter and the apostles answered them. So it's not just Peter giving the speech, but it is the community that's bearing witness to this. And that's emphasized in the speech that Peter actually does deliver, where he said to, to the Sanhedrin, uh, we are witnesses of these things. I think a third uh, theme that operates in this text and it operates through the book of Acts as a whole is this uh, relationship between human authority and tradition and God's will. 
uh, God's call. Uh, Peter's opening salvo is, we must obey God rather than human authority. And so he acknowledges that they had been warned and told what to do, but also acknowledges that, in fact, they have a higher purpose or a different call uh, from God. And so that plays itself out. We saw it last week uh, in Acts chapter 10 when Peter says, Now I know God shows no partiality. I had a perceiving, I had a perceived perception uh, before this point, but now I know. So there's that shift from understanding what had been said in human authority and in religious institutions, but what is being said now in God doing a new thing. Um, there is the continuation of uh, Christ's work that is at work in the apostles, but also that Christ's work is a continuation of God's work through the Old Testament prophets, um, Hebrew Bible, if you want to use that better term for the First Testament. Um, then in, uh, but we see uh, Peter emphasizing that continuation, that Christ's work is the continuation of God's work through the prophets. We see Jesus exalted as leader and teacher and savior, and, and, and there's the emphasis on uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. So with all of that, I think we see that there are um, some important themes that make their way through the book of Acts as a whole that come into play in this uh, very short scripture reading. So we, we hear this, uh, that, that, uh, that they said, we gave you strict orders not to teach in the name, and yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, saying, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior, that he might ha give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Well, that's our sun Sunday starter for uh, Easter Tides, week two. Uh, and uh, we're looking at the, the book of Acts, the Acts reading uh, there. I hope that helps you get started on your Sunday planning.